0: You have made a terrible mistake and you are once again listening to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get-off-my-lawn cast, which is featuring the open-minded musics of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring at the prospect of entertainment relevance. I am your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, which is a rapacious arms manufacturer located in Abu Dhabi. And I am joined, as always, by...
1: I am Noah Tarno, founder and senior quizmaster of The Big Quiz Thing... Uh, the trivia game show Spectacular. We do not do business in Abu Dhabi. We do business throughout the here United States, but does it really matter anymore in this world?
0: You know, in, in like the Emirates, though, you know, there's so many weird like NYU has a campus. In- yeah, that's strange. Uh, yeah, but it's like the Universal Studios is in like Dubai, you know, like there's a world where you you have a business component that's somewhere in the UAE, you know.
1: Those guys, you know, those sheik, those oil barons, they have yeah. so much money. Yes. That when you're a business like that or an institution like that, you know, you go where the money is. Uh-huh. It's like, why do you rob banks? That's where
0: the money is. That's where the money is, And
1: yeah. fuck ethics or length of flights or heat or any of that if the money's there. But I don't know. Can that last forever?
0: In twenty seventeen I actually went to the U- I went to uh, Dubai in the United Air. Right, Arab Emirates. I remember that. Yeah, I was flying through to the Maldives. And so we did uh yeah like forty eight hours. <laughs>
1: flying through the Maldives yeah. and I, I said Buffy, meet me in can and get
0: to the Maldives down. while Ivory you can tower. because they're gonna be yeah. underwater pretty soon. That's why we we put the gas pedal on going there. Dubai is a very weird place. It is the same way you feel like Las Vegas is completely artificial, which it was. It's just we've gotten used to the idea of Las Vegas artificiality. Dubai is the same thing. You know, it was just a, it was a village that they just built up over the course of something like fifty years into. You know, there's not oil. It's all finance. It's probably being slushed through somehow. You could build the world's tallest building, the Burj Khalifa in the middle of sand. And, you know, like I, I just had to keep pinching myself because I couldn't believe where I was. And I don't have no interest in going back, but it was it was kind of fascinating to see a place like that.
1: Uh, I have no interest in going there. I went to Egypt when I was 13 mm-hmm. and I wasn't in the right, age or headspace to appreciate it uh so i suppose i'd go back you know if business took me there god knows when that would be i don't know
0: i just you know my, my I
1: wife feel like the art like I, I find vegas unnerving enough i only like vegas for business yeah I, f- I find vegas unnerving enough i can only imagine when there's no aspect of the culture that appeals to me at all i just yeah. i don't know you really got to drag me to the uae I no just it's true nothing of value well, to, for me there
0: my wife felt kind of uh insecure and a little unsafe because you know she just didn't understand how if it was obvious. That she was a Jew, she didn't know how that kind of thing would go because they really your wife obvious that she's a Jew. No, no, no. <laughs> if it had become obvious that she was, a Jew. oh, if I,
1: I, don't know, I think she, I think she has a very Jewish look to her.
0: Well, either way, like the the rep, the uh, relations between Israel and uh you know obviously the rest of the, uh, the Arab world is was on tenterhooks. Then I mean, I guess it's a little better now. I I could even tell you what's going on. No, they
1: they signed that quote unquote peace deal yeah, between or, Israel and countries it's not at war with. And now Trump's insisting he des- He was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize by one crazy guy in Norway. And so the Trump campaign is trumpeting it like it's, you know, like he's freaking Gandhi. And they they published a big graphic that said he was nominated for the Nobel and The no, Nobel, Nobel, Nobel,
0: yes, Peace the Nobel Prize, Prize yeah. yes. Well, pivoting, Noah, what are we talking about this week, my friend?
1: So our topic this week, uh, as regular listeners know, we talk about something that's hot and current and cool among young people. I am going to let you do the intro, but I'm going to lead in here. because not? I love it. This topic, you know, it's been around a few years now and i'm not sure it's yeah i guess it's a young person thing and i think the news hook here is at the beginning of september there was an article in variety about it we're talking about patreon which is a website web platform that enables uh creatives who create and distribute on the internet to monetize their wares and the variety article stated that they raised a new round of funding 90 million dollars and for the first time in their i believe six you got to fill us in. in a six year, roughly, existence. They have publicly announced their value and they are now worth $1.2 billion. Yeah, that makes sense. And they said sure. they are planning to use that financing to expand internationally and beef up tools for creators, not just monetizing your work but also maybe even making a platform to distribute your work so so give us the nitty gritty on patreon
0: i'm always curious because you know we, we've been bullshitting about this for a while and we both use patreon at different levels um this is kind of just now part of the the boilerplate of the creative world because um you know, everybody we know either has a podcast Or is a YouTube guy, or, you know Makes something, and so, I just don't know How, how widespread this is, because this isn't A conversation I have in public, but everyone I bet is faced With the uh, the shaking the hat To, to give, or to, you know, to, to become A patron, a Patreon patron, so I'm always Curious, what is people actual, their actual interaction With it, but, yes, to, to uh, Rephrase what my co-host said It is a subscription membership platform Designed to compensate small form creators In many different disciplines, i.e. YouTube channels, podcasts, actual musicians, comic book creators. You, you, you meant EG, not IE. It, it, so it, it was created in, yeah, you said six years or so. I guess that's about the business end. It was actually created or formulated in 13 by two dudes, uh, a guy named Sam Yam and some, as, as Noah said, a, a douche bro with a shitty beard, a guy named Jack Conti, the latter of which he was a musician looking to design a compensation scheme for his own YouTube videos. So by 2014, they were distributing $1 million per month aggregate to all their creators. And so by, by 2017, that jumped up to $100 million. And it's got to be even more now. I, d- I don't have exact figures on how much they're disseminating amongst uh, Patreon people at the moment. But yes, it's it's, it's traveling the leaps and bounds is why the valuation also expands. They, so- they
1: say that uh, they currently have uh, more than 200,000 creators and they've collectively earned $2
0: billion to date. Jesus. So not bad. It's a lot of scratch. The one thing I thought that was interesting is that they had an issue where they allowed uh, so-called NS. FW content through about 2016 but then apparently they balked and this was nothing was ever solid this was always in terms of I think what people complained about I don't know how many policies actually went through that they stated but this is like YouTube where YouTube has a very shifting sand in terms of what's acceptable what's moneti- what's monetizable what's the decency standards and so the, you know Patreon had to figure this stuff out too so there was a lot of sexy stuff going through there so after 2016 it looks like they closed the door on a little bit made it very made it a little harder to, to, to you know monetize uh sex-based content whether it's probably video work imaging even some asmr <laughs> at that too it's very strange
1: yeah i read that i read they have cracked down on asmr
0: but i didn't read why
1: <laughs> are, are they doing what i did which is insisting that no matter what you say asmr is a sex thing even though asmr people say it isn't
0: this is the last thing i'll say is the important part for the creators is that commission uh, the commission patreon docs five to twelve percent of your monthly kitty so that's where you know patreon's wedding gets they're getting a taste of it too
1: well no they get a taste of it some of it is processing fees i yes. believe half of what you give over goes
0: to patreon and half goes
1: directly to processing fees
0: that's uh, i think that lays out the groundwork noah tell not, me a little not not even remotely
1: yes uh so no i mean basically the idea is and and part of what i i find appealing about this is it, it's a simple concept i think patreon people often ask what's the difference between patreon and kickstarter which kind of was the bigger name first or gofundme or indiegogo i couldn't really wrap my mind around indiegogo so patreon they compare it to like the renaissance patron system like a guy like da vinci or michelangelo will have some rich you know one of the medicis or, yeah, or sure. the borgias or whatever you know some rich guy just gives them a monthly stipend a stipend which is like money but it's just small amount they don't call it money they call it a stipend (laughs) and in exchange you you have the freedom to create and that's what gave us the sistine chapel ceiling and the mona lisa and all our you know the best known renaissance works so you the average dude you do this i do this You sign up to be a patron of artists, creatives, who have an account on Patreon. And in exchange for giving people, you know, X dollars of... uh, The average amount, I believe, is 12. The average patron gives $12 a month to the average creative you know not only do you get the satisfaction of knowing you're supporting their work or being i'm paying for something i get you know i fund a karaoke host that way i can do virtual karaoke with her whenever i feel like it i don't need to tip her on the spot i just know she gets a little a handful of bucks for me every month but also patreon makes it easy to have like exclude like here's a video just for my patrons here's extra content just for my patrons in fact just this morning i got a message from friend of this podcast, Susie Sherman, who I support on Patreon and her podcast. She released a new episode and there's some exclusive content that I can access because I patronize her. So what do I think of this? You want to know that, Bill?
0: I do. I'm asking. Yes.
1: I think it's needed. The world has gotten so hard for creatives. There are very few or much fewer uh, sustainable jobs for creative people. It's mainly the result of media changes, the internet and the the caving in of traditional media. Also, the the abdication of government to take care of people. That's, you know, that's a big issue of mine. And the outsourcing of all civic responsibility to businesses, which do not have that responsibility because businesses are amoral. Government should be moral because it's of the people, by the people, for the people. Currently, much of our government is not moral, but that's another issue. You know, this is the market and technology adapting to new realities, which is what businesses should do you know so much of the criticism i see of patreon is that they shut out some creators of color and women and and they're not doing a good enough job of shutting down voices of hate and things like that and that all seems well taken it all seems a fair criticism and jack conti talks some of the bullshit tech bro crap but from what i could tell he's making some effort but why is this on him you know i read a quote that says it's a Band-Aid and the real problem that there's no sustainable jobs for creatives. But again, that's not it's not the job of businesses to do that. It shouldn't be. And it's sad that we're going to denigrate a business because it's not creating, you know, it's a Band-Aid on a problem. Like, well, what would you rather do? Exacerbate the problem? Uh, I also like this. I mentioned Kickstarter. It's more flexible than Kickstarter. Kickstarter is more like, hey, I got one project. I'm, I'm making a video game. I'm making a fidget cube, an old topic of ours, right, which got funded through Kickstarter. So you say, you know, give me $10 to the making of my fidget cube. If I don't raise the $10,000 I need, you don't end up paying. And okay, I raised $10,000 I make the fidget cube. Here's your fucking fidget cube. Done. Instead, this is an ongoing thing. So you really are like the Medicis and the Borgias and whatever. You are funding this person over time. You, you and mean result, medieval
0: Italian poisoners?
1: Is that what you mean? Exactly. So you are funding these people over over time. So not only are you continuing to support them, you're building a community. And I mean, yeah, it's a small number of people who make enough to live on, but it's something. It's people getting paid for the creative work, which was really hard even when things weren't crazy before the internet. And now it's only gotten harder. Uh, so now this... This makes it a little more sustainable and gives a little more fuel to the fire of giving people incentive to keep creating, even with all the other pressures in the world. Finally, I saw a criticism of this from uh, a musician I used to be a friend of a friend. Uh, he doesn't know me. His name's Mike Errico in New York, but the name jumped out at me. You know what his greatest claim to fame was, Mike Errico?
0: What's that?
1: He wrote and sang the theme song to pop-up video on VH1. Remember that? Sure. So Mike Errico's quote, which I thought was pretty stupid, is he's, he hates Patreon because your boss is now just this big amorphous cloud of people on the internet, of fans as opposed to, you know, the record executive or the TV executive, whatever. I don't think that's much of a criticism because A, I think Patreon encourages you to not make it an amorphous cloud, to make it a community. And yes, that's hard. And yes, it's not always the way it is. And fans could be insanely obnoxious and stupid. So I'm sure it's not easy. Entertainment executives are the worst. Would you rather be beholden to a bunch of people who are passionate about what you're actually doing Or some dickhead in an office somewhere who's deciding his fate, uh, your fate, based on his whims. I've said another thing, philosophy of mine, I said many times, is that the entertainment industry is the most conservative industry in the world. And that's lower C conservative. They're terrified of taking chances, they jump on bandwagons. And I think there's a lot more chances for actually creative people who are giving something of value in terms of art, in terms of entertainment, to peek through in a model like this versus one douchebag in an office somewhere in, you know, freaking Century City or whatever.
0: I'm going to assume that Patreon is kind of a a uniquely American phenomenon because of the idea that, you know, there is no support for people. And maybe this is a kludge to get around it. Uh, You know, how do people get paid? The gig economy, as it were, for artists. Like you said, even when there were creative jobs in design, writing, et cetera, et cetera, Content creation. Those things were hard to get and they were extremely capricious and they were short-term. They usually gig jobs. It's term jobs that, that ended, you know, mm. over a temporary period of time. I
1: mean, 20 years ago, they weren't. They were a lot right. more steady.
0: But 20 years ago, but, might as well be, you know, 1961, you know, right, the way how right. fast the world works. Patreon is necessary now because it is that sort of Kickstarter philosophy. When entertainment entities that I am very enthusiastic about started going on Patreon I, I gave without question I didn't need to be sold they were asking you for You know money. its
1: value it is worth 10 bucks a month or whatever
0: Yeah exactly right it, yeah. It, it, and the value is essentially whatever I decided it would be and it's like I've got right. more money than most so I could afford to give a little more money than most and not feel Yeah I mean I have no ambivalence really? you, about you it You was-
1: Mr. Maldives has more money than most what a shot <laughs>
0: Uh, I send everyone to the Maldives. Everyone on Patreon, I give them a trip to the everyone Maldives. Uh, front, of the, front of the front of the plane, first class.
1: It'll it'll fuel their work. It'll inspire them.
0: Kickstarter was that idea that you know you you were paying for something that you were going to get. You're you're paying for it up front. Before it was delivered Rather than going to a store Or seeing it made You were part of the production team Of a movie Or an album Or an action figure Or I don't know Something A prototype A lot of weird things Came out of Kickstarter And you know, it has that kind of funky Anything goes That made it feel fresh Patreon kind of goes down to Something that's a little more normal Where you're you're looking at You know Channels Or media Essentially media is coming your way through And not that there aren't physical There isn't like What do they call Fulfillment uh, Of yeah. things you get the, You know the, the baseball hat The fucking physical media All that shit uh, whatever it is that these people come up with as their, as their you know, user benefits. My Patreon diet is, is podcasts. It is uh, AS, uh, uh, a lot of YouTube channels, a different kind of media. Some of it's entertainment. Some of it's things like ASMR, like we talked about. I mean, I would never want to get into this game because I do see once you cross over the threshold, if your art then becomes beholden to patrons, you're not just doing your own thing. You are, in fact... Trying to get more patrons involved and also make happy the ones that you already have. So you either c- they continue to support you or even up their ante each month. So, I mean, I've seen the art change from some of these people doing YouTube channels. They, they become more porous or more permeable by the outside words. And, yeah, part of that is the community that comes in there where all of a sudden the work is affected. You know, Heisenberg principle by the people who are now looking on it because, you know, you have a relationship with your fans. I mean, that's all off to the side. I think. Is that is that such a bad thing, though? No, it's not such a bad thing. I'm not sure that that might be a good thing. Yeah, I, I, was like, I like Patreon. The bad thing is that we need it. The bad thing is, is that exactly. other people might go hungry otherwise. And the, the nice thing is this isn't like getting stabbed as an Uber driver uh, or something <laughs> like some, you know, some of the, the, yeah, the worst.
1: Yeah, r- the risk is a lot lower. The
0: big game uh, that America is playing with the gig economy taking over for traditional employment and the gig economy being unstable from day to day and nobody knows how much money you're going to get and there's no benefits, there's no health care, there's none of these things. So it's essentially like paying all over again, except, you know, you get to say, I get to drive my own car and make my own hours. And it's like, yeah, but you know, you're chasing after the, the brass ring, and you're not going to get anywhere near it. The problem is that there's a world where Patreon isn't just me paying it. Now these people are living off of it. But it, at the same time, at least If they're going to live off of something, maybe it's, you know, their movie review channel. Maybe it's their ASMR channel. Like that probably is a little more personal to them than just being a driver to bring some douchebag to the airport.
1: And it's putting creative work into the world, which we need.
0: Yeah. And it's hard to justify
1: when you have to scrape every minute of your day to merely stay alive, to keep fed and to
0: keep fascism at bay i think you intimated this at the beginning but some people are actually wealthy off of patreon now it's not a whole mm, lot
1: I, I i'm not sure it's wealthy that's a small percentage it i is. will say this compared to youtube that pays out to some of its i saw some stat the percentage of millions YouTubers millions a solid yeah, yeah is is 0.1 percent Yeah, know, the average youtube creator even with a lot of views gets you know dollars a month at best. And you got to hustle for views. I saw quotes from people who love Patreon saying, I don't have to hustle for views. I just put it out there and I know that the check is coming from my fans. And if they like it, they'll keep paying me.
0: I know of one channel. It's these guys out of uh, Milwaukee. These guys named Red Letter Media. Uh, They do kind of acerbic, wacky, ironic movie content. And they're hardcore cinephiles, uh, and they're also these Midwesterners who have a very droll sense of humor. They're double-dipping. They're getting the YouTube thing, and they're also, they have a patron going, too. So they're clearing hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. But yes, that is very are rare. You ser-
1: hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars? Okay, well, maybe I'm wrong.
0: Well, again, you're talking about wow, that, is, that is the fuck. one-tenth of the one-tenth of the one-tenth of one percent of people on this thing. You're There are very few of them, but it's like I happen to be patronizing these creators who have gotten very rich off, well, let's say very rich, certainly in Milwaukee sense you know they've gotten rich doing exactly what they want to do but I what I wanted to do Noah is is go back to the 80s again and we're gonna we're gonna discuss Karen Finley for a minute you remember who Karen Finley was right
1: Yes, yes. She was a, she was a performance artist?
0: Yeah, performance artist, right. right okay. She did this shit back in the she was getting money from the NEA, which I know a lot of people right. p- probably remember or they don't remember the thing called the National Endowment for the Arts, which I think is still a thing but it is pretty I much think it still exists.
1: I'm sure it doesn't do jack shit right now.
0: It looks like a it looks like a, an elephant graveyard now. I think it's just bones in the savanna somewhere as opposed to what it was. Up until the 1980s, but Karen Finley was this artist. Forgive me if I go in a little, uh, uh, you know, reverie here. But Karen Finley would get her form of performance. she would get naked. She would roll around on a tarp in honey, yeah. covering yeah. her body, and she would pantomime sex in front of a crowd of people in a small theater. Yeah. Karen Finley got money from the government until, like Strom Thurmond and Jesse Helms, these fucking yeah. criminals. These fucking. Well, uh, Maplethorpe
1: was the big one that they were upset about. Yeah. Jesse Helms hated Maplethorpe. Maplethorpe was a gay. Photographer who photographed yeah. naked muscular. Men. He was at
0: he was out of New York. He was in Manhattan. And yeah, right. it was it was erect cock and bull whips up people's asses. And Jesse Helms was it was a fucking sleepy eyed crazy ass Christian demagogue from the heart of Piedmont Country, North Carolina. And it's like Jesse Helms was in charge of the NEA and managed to poison the idea of the government giving any money to the arts. So you yeah. start off in the late eighties with this, where it was like, oh, okay, so we're just paying attention to the fact that there is this uh, conservative moral. Uh, uh, you know the the so-called moral majority is pushing at anything that they say is is unchristian. Okay it was small then we were able to ignore it and just think of it as like this is ridiculous we can we can marginalize Jesse Helms and Strom Thurmond then it's like if you follow the through line you're where we are today we're fucking NPR can't even get money and this is the idea that it became like a crime first of all like taxation is theft to these people and giving money oh, to Jesus right giving so uh, so obnoxious they think taxation is yeah. theft. where the fuck do you think your precious military budget comes from dickhead something as innocuous as, as, the, as NPR is getting most of its money from non-states uh, Sources today because they've threatened it so often that they the right wing you know conservatives in America think that oh we're going to kill anything that uh, is somehow critical or honest you know you do have this tide and it's like I we're talking about corporate things but there's also a big you know sociological United States sea change just over the course of the last thirty five years in terms of what is worth money and what is not and so. Other countries have sponsored, they have, you know, grants, like Canada has this, Ireland has it, UK has it, the Netherlands has it, other places, and France has a lot of it, Belgium has a lot Canada
1: pays it. for the CBC. There was yes. a great sketch in the kids in the hall 30 years ago. They explained how your tax money pays for kids in the hall sketches. It was hilarious. Art
0: has been, you know, this, this is where art is diminished, and art is thought of as not just being a waste of time, but in the beginning it was like something sinful, something anti-American because it wasn't just, you know, working in a fucking factory or coal mining.
1: Or? Or because it wasn't a, a, a Norman Rockwell painting. I have probably 12 boxes of like 200 CDs each. It's like a reminder of all the albums that I made that I didn't sell.
0: Noah Tarno, can you tell me why Patreon is
1: popular? It's hard to make a living as a creative these days because media's changed and the attitudes that followed, right? Now, you know, the the growth of people thinking they shouldn't have to pay for content. Both content and journalism should be free. Yeah. And of course, government failing to account for that i mean i'd be all for the nea if they were distributing it i mean whatever the nea i'm sure is doing nothing right now people are never going to stop creating art and it's making it easier and better for people to create art also they improved upon the kickstarter model they improved upon the youtube model of paying creatives it seems like it's a simple product. I, I read that variety thing like, oh, they're going to use that money to, you know, are they going to start doing a thing, especially with COVID? Are they going to start? Oh, this is a platform. Do, you know, host your virtual concert on your Patreon page. You know, I do wonder if it would be a case of getting beyond the simplicity, the easy to understandness. that's a great word, of its mission and making it, you know, this is a problem I think Facebook has suffered from some, is just making it so complicated that Patreon becomes more than paying people. They they get greedy and they want Patreon to be all art. I read something that I didn't quite understand, that Patreon was trying to get Kanye West to set up an account on Patreon. And I was like, okay, what? Or maybe just like all right, Kanye, pick five artists you like on Patreon and we'll slap your name. Hey, Kanye approves of this. Another thing, Patreon doesn't put a lot of effort into spotlighting projects. Sure. Right? Well, so they, they assume you're, doing, a,
0: you're rounding up, you're whipping right. your own fans to get there themselves. Right, yeah. You're
1: going to Patreon because, hey, I'm already a fan of Susie Sherman. I'm already a fan of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. They take me to Patreon. This is a way I can support Patreon because I want more work. Oh, hey, I heard my name on the podcast. I'm one of their big fans. You know, there's, there's some thrill of that. I'm a little worried of them growing too big.
0: I think I'm like 100 percent of the people who are on Patreon. Where I have never found another artist to patronize on Patreon. I come at it from the you know the the end user side. I don't ever go to Patreon. I just pay it. I don't ever visit it. So it's, I have, I have no interaction with right. it. So you know yes. may, maybe I'm unusual in that case. But um, no, I'm I'm like you. You really can't expect people to go to websites these days. That's just not part of internet hygiene. We're not doing that. I think this is very simple for me. You know, I could talk about how good it is for the artist, but the reason why it's popular with this guy pointing two thumbs at his chest is is because is it, it, on a very democratic way to conjure the image that you you know—you said, it allows me to compensate art that I love in a way I never could before. You know, I don't expect a relationship with the creators. I do.
1: Fuck that. <laughs> Return my phone call, man.
0: My personal thing is that I just want to patronize the art. I don't want to change it by my inclusion. I want you to do the thing that you're doing the way you're going to do it because that's why I'm patronizing. I'm not trying to project my own thing on it in order to want you to ask me what I want. I want you to give me the thing you're doing. I'm or You were doing it before I got there. I will just pay for it now. I like it as is, if it encourages somebody to think I could keep doing this channel a few more times a month, I'll put out a few more videos and they're more enthusiastic to do it for whatever reason. I think that's great because yeah, I too live on YouTube. I've made stuff for YouTube. I don't ask for money from it, nor do I need money from it. I appreciate anything that gives a creative, a real ground up creative, the wherewithal to keep going at it and make something that is intimate, something that's interesting. You know, I get to actually give the money which is great i love that feeling it's like let me give you you know five dollars a month or something like that and it's like that's mm. not that much money considering how you much know. joy i get out of podcasts Absolutely. how much joy Absolutely.
1: i get it yeah i'm not gonna get patreon this credit but i feel like things have gotten better in recent years and this this might be another silver lining of COVID. people are getting better at knowing they should pay for content i hope so from my point of view Right? So I, those of you who don't know, I was not kidding at the beginning, I run a trivia company. I, My company rarely does public events. We mainly do corporate and private events. We don't do pub quizzes. And one of the problems I always ran into when I do try to do public events is that people have been trained to think trivia in a bar is free, which is backwards from my point of view. You gotta do a new event every time. Uh, it's got to be completely different every time and you're also expected to give something back in terms of prizes so why is that free so when i would do public events in higher level places not pubs and have higher production values i would even see people balking at paying five dollars which was insane to me i'm like you'll pay twelve dollars for a movie i know i'm not hollywood you'll pay fifteen dollars for a band you know like why won't you pay for what i'm providing but people just weren't trained for that well specifically in the world of trivia i have been very impressed with how some pub quiz companies okay, how am I gonna monetize it? I can't do a show at a bar, I'll do a show on Facebook or YouTube or Zoom or Twitch or whatever. They have seemed to rather effectively train people, say, okay, to play, it's $5, it's $10, it's whatever. It's donation and people, most people give money.
0: First signs of trouble began in 2017. Conti put out a blog post laying out the new service fees Patreon would charge for each transaction the fee was 2.9% of each pledge, plus a flat $0.35 charge, which made $1 to $2 pledges way more expensive. This backfired big time.
1: Bill, would you have taken to this any more in some form? Uh, If you were young, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, when you were young, you were more of a creator when you wanted to work in comics or something. Yeah. Can you imagine a young Bill Scurry doing a webcomic that has a patreon account
0: uh that's interesting i didn't really think about that i think about the creativity i did in my late 30s with youtube and how that was just art flung at the world it was very unformed and i wasn't exactly a great filmmaker but i was enthusiastic about it for a while uh yeah even younger when i was trying to get into comics that's interesting,
1: or, or or yeah, no, the short film work you did in your thirties.
0: Sure. Thinking of it even younger, because I didn't have, I didn't do anything creative. I mean, I worked at a newspaper, but I would hardly call that creative, even if I was making pages and doing graphic design all you, day.
1: You had creative ways of imagining of murdering your boss, right?
0: But I, you know, what I'm thinking of now is that when I'm 25 to 30, 32 or so, uh, that was the dawn of Napster. And I really, 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 really loved grabbing songs on Napster, and I wasn't doing yeah, it. Yeah,
1: but but that was an age when like YouTube didn't exist yet. No, it's so true. The concept of of hearing a song on demand was yeah. still new and exciting.
0: Right, and the idea that you were building an actual, um, like a YouTube an iTunes jukebox you know, like you actually had media in front of you, you can scramble every song. Yeah, it was the wild fucking west, it was great. However, it was still based on the idea that Sean Parker was giving you the ability to steal and bypass creators, and that became a big problem. You go to today, you know, like you've told me that the comic book sites, there are scanslation sites or scan sites where uh, comic books have been bootlegged and people download all Almost as many comics As are bought The comic book industry Has a really bad Ratio problem Of the amount of stealing To the amount of uh, paying The torrents are filled with You can get whatever media You want You know And there are some instances Where I'll say There are movies That are completely Out of circulation The only way to get it Is peer to peer And I really feel Less guilty about that Because there honestly Is no way for you To pay money To get something And so I can't feel bad About you know If if it's been out of circulation Since 1980 This is the only I'm going to get it And I'm not stealing From anybody by taking it But if you are grabbing The troll movie and bypassing Universal you know, like then you're just being an asshole because, you know, they're here to yeah. take your money. I get it. Don't be a dick. Pay for the art that you take, you know, and the same thing with music. It's like some of it's the refusal to pay and some of it is the inability to pay, you know, and I, I can't comment on that. I get it. That's a whole different stress I don't have in life. You know, whatever the um impetus that you have to kind of like take art without paying for it, you know, you have to interrogate why it is you're doing that. If you're not paying for the art you take. So my point is, though, is that when I was younger, uh it was more gray rather than black and white. It was easier to take things. And it was quicker it was more rapacious without having to pay for it because stuff was just out there on a platter so i don't know if i would have liked patreon more because i was not in the habit of doing it all right well i'm going to answer this question from the opposite
1: point of view not as the patron but as the patreon yeah. account holder the creator the creator yeah do you know what i'm gonna say here actually i don't Can you guess what i'm gonna so in my late 20s i would have set up a Patreon account to monetize curtis Scagnetti. sure so those of you who don't know when bill and i first met i was doing a i was quote-unquote, a comedian. I performed under an identity. <laughs> I did this almost absurd Dadaist act. I really met you, Bill, because your wife was a big fan of it. Yeah, I, I met, I, I met you scene. the very
0: first night I met my wife at the same gig.
1: So wait, you guys met online, and your first date was you came to her
0: gig? At Sweet Caroline. yeah, exactly. At Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline's oh on God. Theater Row, yeah. On, on uh, Restaur- yeah. Restaurant Row, restaurant Restaurant Row, Row. Yeah.
1: right. So no, anyway, I did this weird character. It was very much enjoyed and a lot of fun in the weirdo lower east side, although that was midtown comedy circuit and it had it had no potential beyond that. But eventually I stopped because it wasn't going anywhere and I wasn't making money. So I imagine if Patreon had been around then and also like, you know, easier to make videos and edit videos and whatnot, I would have made short films or whatever. I would have tried to Patreonize this act that People seemed to like, but they didn't make any money. Now, everyone who liked it was crazy and had no money, I guess, except for your wife. So I would have made no money. It wouldn't have been enough to sustain it. So probably would only kept me going for another six months or so. But I would have tried as someone who in the past, in in my younger days, did have a creative project that felt like it was flourishing. I was certainly putting a lot of effort and time and work and thought and creativity into it. But it was bringing in zero dollars and zero cents. I could definitely see. And especially partially because Patreon makes it so easy and so straightforward. and that as always appealed to me. Well, it would have been, that would have
0: been the milk of human encouragement, which you, you also were not getting. Uh, you know, like if, if you could have generated- I was getting it from the
1: weirdos at Janice's show. I yeah. wasn't getting it from anyone who
0: pulled any strings of any power. That's what I'm saying. In, it it wasn't. It wasn't enough to continue. And I'm not the, saying
1: I should have, but I wasn't. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it really easy for creators to get paid. We're using the idea of patronage, which is actually a really old idea. Does Patreon bring the apocalypse to us at all? No, I mean yes, it might be a band-aid on a bigger problem, but you know, that's not the apocalypse. One thing we haven't talked about is and some people might confuse Patreon with GoFundMe, and GoFundMe is a similar crowdfunding platform, crowdsourcing, crowdfunding, whatever platform. But for whatever reason GoFundMe seems more focused on, "Hey, my kid has cancer, I need to pay for surgery." Put in five bucks and uh, maybe I'll be able to Jesus. afford the surgery. That's ghastly. right? Yeah, yeah. That's a sign of the apocalypse yeah. because that is – that's not what the market should react to. That's what government should react to. I'm fine with the market rea- – yeah, sure. I'd love the NEA to be robust and all that, partly because it bypasses the only the Karen Finley's and Robert Maplethorpe problem. It's more about what actually serves people – Meets them where they are. This only is a sign of the apocalypse if it's literally the only way for anyone to make any money. If it goes beyond creative, if it goes for any work thing, if the idea is you never pay directly for a service. Well, why should I pay you if someone says to me, "Why should I pay you for doing a custom quiz show? Don't you get money from your patrons?" Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe that's insane, right? Maybe that would never happen under any circumstance.
0: I, I, you say that, and then these things happen within five years. You know, weird shit happens every fucking I don't day. Know.
1: Well, that's
0: that's for sure. It could be a
1: step in that direction but I think a lot of other things are more robust steps in that direction and this is at worst slowing down the slide to the apocalypse how about that yeah
0: I think you're right the disgusting part of this is thinking that payment for art is non-compulsory that is voluntary but this is
1: changing that attitude right this is changing that idea it's incentivizing a change in that
0: attitude it is it is but it's still like you can still get the art you can still get the art I'd say 75% of the art still comes at you for free with a 25% back end in most cases of things that are exclusive to if you pay for it for for the most part people aren't like putting their art behind a wall one thing we haven't talked about which maybe people are thinking of is OnlyFans which is the sex work alternative to Patreon OnlyFans is a way for you know I think it's mostly female creators they perform on a camera strictly for subscribers none of it's free they don't put any of it out there in the world you're paying direct for a show almost being right at your eyes and has a very customized experience. Now, I have no experience with it. I just know it as an entity that's popped up. But yeah, th- this isn't necessarily a sign of the apocalypse. As much as people paying for art is voluntary, th- th- at least there's a way in which it's being made and streamlined to do it. And again, I'm happy to pay the amount of money that I'm paying.
1: Is Patreon even right for you? Now, I'm not going to name names, but in the past year I have seen a lot of people jump onto Patreon with the expectation that it's essentially just people giving them money to be creative. They don't have a clear project in mind, nor a body of consistent work under their belts. Is there anything about Patreon that makes you jealous?
0: Uh, I'll tell you. Something, here's something I had at the beginning of this, Noah. When, when you pitched this show to me and we were designing it, and we came up with, you know, we did a couple yeah. episodes and put it out. I had this this ping in my head that one of the things I wanted to do was sound as podcastery as possible. <laughs> I was trying to mimic all the things that we'd heard, and you know oh this is this is the form, this is the lingua franca of to right. do all these things, and I was like, I had this moment for like six seconds like, oh, we should form a patreon too because that's what you do, and I uh, immediately thought I, like, I, well, that brings up a t- we should talk about that, shouldn't we? I thought, oh, there's no no me and noah we there's in no way, shape or form, do we need to be subsidized monetarily no, by the audience. Really Having don't. a relationship really with people don't. is great. A community, that's yes. one thing. But the idea of actually asking for money with the amount of money I have would be obscene. I'm jealous of some of the people who are on. You know, it looks like they have a neat thing going on, but they're so far ahead in the world of, of being a creator, and they seem to be so good at the uh, fulfillment and interaction with people. And, you know, of course, this is art that I love, so, you know, I'm jealous that they're making the art that I love, even if I can't. I'm not going to do a podcast about... um fucking comic books whatever these one guys do and I'm not going to do an ASMR channel I'll but. do
1: I, I want them to have me a guest on one of their podcasts so
0: far. and you should be if they any... have
1: a spin-off podcast where they about Bob Dylan one, this one guy Rob Kelly and I was a guest on that and that was fun but I just I want to be on one of the comic yeah. ones but you like. should that's the thing uh, yeah. alright so I'm not jealous either but I, I want to get back to what you said like should we have a Patreon so here's a couple questions yes my first impulse is no we are both very fortunate privileged people we don't need money so here's a question should we do a Patreon A. Will it help us form a stronger community because I feel like we have a little trouble with that or is it not worth it or will it have no effect and not be worth the work or B and I'm curious if anyone does this should we do a Patreon and say we're not going to keep the money we're going to give it to some cause we believe it um, are there people on Patreon raising money not for themselves but for charitable causes
0: well I imagine that in a, in a gigantic universe filled with planets at least one has to have life on it and also in the landscape of the internet at least one patron must be doing that must be doing their art to generate donations via at Patreon. Uh, it's possible.
1: Hey, let's form a community. Let us know what you think. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just seems, maybe it just seems a silly roundabout way of making money. And for all I know, there's some problem with that plan that I'm overlooking, and it might be against Patreon. How could it be against the
0: rules? That's not. It's hey, not. you
1: can earn money here. You're not allowed to give it away. One of the things I, I want to say, and again, I've been waxing Patreon's car a lot here, is, for example, Dana Morrigan, my favorite karaoke host. I've been patronizing her in COVID. And she does, you know, public events on Zoom twice a week. And she's figured out the system. It's actually pretty fun. And I try to go at least once a week. Also, when I used to see her in person, I'd, I'd always put a bunch of bucks in the, in the little tip jar and sure. whatever. Yeah. But I like this because... You know, during the events, oh, I should tip, blah, 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 go to Venmo, whatever. It's not that it was hard. It's just there's something about it. I like it better to set it and forget it kind of thing. Well, I don't need to tip you. I'm already taken care of. Like, I appreciate that. I like Dana. I believe in what she's doing. I would break my heart. Even if I were to skip three weeks because I'm busy, it would break my heart to hear she's shutting down. So now I know, like... I don't have to go to keep supporting her. There's a lot of value to this model. I'm sure it doesn't work for everyone, every patron, but I like thinking I'm her Medici, I'm her Borgia.
0: Let me uh, finish off our show, Noah, by asking you uh, about the Filonian scale. Uh, Where does Patreon fit into our own homemade scale here?
1: So it's pretty high up. I think a few weeks ago we talked about Reface. Mm -hmm which had some solarities. Remember, we were making fun of that photo of the the tech douche bros. Hey, we're disrupting things, but they're just making everything worse. (laughs) So this is like the inverse of reface i don't know because reface is scraping the bottom and this isn't like one of the best things ever but this is like the bizarro world version of reface reface for justice maybe not the greatest thing ever but somewhere in the top third
0: how about yeah, that i would put this up with a metal straw because uh, first of all it's really wow, wow. something okay. i actually use but not every okay. day and you know in one specific interaction with it but also what it means it's something that i can do to use one less piece of plastic you know, and I could bring it with. I could bring it with me, and it travel. Well, nobody goes anywhere now. But in theory, if I was actually going to places, I'd be using a metal straw. And this too is a way that I could take my money and put it exactly where. Other than the, again, the little bits and pieces that that patroned themselves, they're went in their beak. I know that the money's going to these people, and you know, I could at least feel good that. I am keeping them stakes for whatever whatever small gesture that is I'm 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 one little grain of sand in a big dune yeah I mean it's not, it's not helping it's not literally saving the turtles from getting a straw up their nostril which as the metal straw would do you know in a metaphorical way in a figurative way it is a little bit of that corrective so I'd put it to the top of the scale that we have here alright g- give cool. me the uh, give me the cue to bring it home alright here's the cue to bring it home alright if you would like to find past <laughs> episodes of our show look on Spotify look on Apple Podcasts look on SoundCloud Google Play and and Stitcher. Tweet to us at No and Bill Show. Write to us. No and Bill don't get It at gmail.com. Give us a review. That's how people find podcasts. Please, I, we beg you. We beg you. We need a community, he's right.
1: And tell us, and tell us, seriously. Like, no shit. Like, do you think that's a good idea? Should we start a Patreon? We we will pledge right now. We will give a hundred percent of the money. Bill, mm-hmm. I think I could speak for you. To maybe not the same cause every week, every month.
0: But, but uh, rotating. Yeah,
1: I, I but don't But not, do not us. Yeah. And by the way, it's going to be a cause that we believe in. If you don't believe in, tough shit. It's Which gonna be tough we
0: know you matters. believe in it, so you're, you're yeah, okay. Yeah, if
1: you're listening, I do So uh
0: So personally, I am personally on Twitter at personally at William Scurry. I, my video... Free, completely free of charge video uh, uh, endeavors are on YouTube at youtube.com slash amcaesar. And now, my friend Noah Tarno will tell you about himself.
1: The Big Quiz Thing, BigQuizThing.com, the finest in corporate and private nationwide. Okay, Bill, I need to get more. We do public virtual events on occasion. We have a lot of fun with them. We don't do them that often. And I need to get better about promoting them. So we have some fun events coming up. Uh, October 7th, we team with New York Historical Society in honor of New York Comic Con. To do a DC versus Marvel edition That's going to be fun That's October 7th And uh, we're also doing an event with New York Historical Society In November The date is November 18th The big 90s quiz thing That'll be a lot of fun Then on October 15th uh, I'm teaming up with a great charity in Connecticut for ct The Connecticut Coronavirus uh, Charity Connection Maybe Connecticut COVID Charity Connection Uh, Just a public event for them With a focus on Connecticut But a wide variety of stuff that is open to the public. Um,
0: this is a once-in-a-lifetime event, people. Actually, no, it's right. not. It's many, doing, many times in a uh, life, but te- still.
1: Many times. We're teaming up with the Peabody Essex Museum in Salem, Massachusetts for a uh, Halloween season-themed quiz. That's happening October 8th. Um, you know, by the way, I'm hosting the 4CT one, if you if you want to say hi to me. So that's October 8th. Now, I'm posting most of these on Facebook. We don't really post them on our website because they happen so rarely. So those uh, are the public ones at the moment. A few others uh, that are semi-open to the public. Oh, we're teaming up with Brooklyn Bridge uh, Park Conservancy for a film quiz on October 29th. I'm hosting that one as well, all about movies with a focus on past films shown at Brooklyn Bridge Park over the last 20 years. This is their 20th anniversary season. So, uh, you know, best to check us out on the, the Zuckerberg portal to hell uh, Big Quiz thing, or BigQuisting.com. Hire us for an event. And, yeah, we're not good at promoting those public events. I admit I got tired of marketing for public events. And now i just going to leave it up to the people who hire us. But, you know, check us out or, or write to me directly on Facebook or Twitter. I'm at Melitarno, And, you know, I, I, there aren't that many of you out there. I'll talk to you personally. I don't mind. Uh, BigQuisting.com. Thank you.
0: So until uh, our next episode, uh, whatever, we don't get it.
1: A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2020.